What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you for joining me. I'm super excited for my guest today. He's a real estate investor. He's a mentor. He's a coach. He's assisted thousands of people around the world to acquire real estate. Um, he's got a company by the name of um, Flipping On Demand, LLC. Um, he's been featured in articles, uh, newspapers, magazines, uh, podcasts all over the world. He's been recognized nationally and internationally as a real estate expert. And since 2007, the company has sold over 3,000 properties to the tune of $250 million. Uh, I mean, this man has been featured on the stage with uh, icons such as Grant and Elena Cardone, Tim Story, and even Ed Milet. I mean, it is a true honor and privilege to welcome DJ Thielen to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. For my listeners who may not know who you are, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, kind of your backstory, and then also uh, how many kids you have? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, born in Portland, Oregon. Uh, good old Pacific Northwest, baby. Uh, <laughs> and um, that's, how, that's how I learned how to play baseball in the rain. Um, but yeah, I grew up there, uh, you know, was, uh, my parents divorced when I was two, my brother's a year older, um, than me. So he was three, I was two, um, parents divorced, raised by my mom, dad, you know, maybe saw my dad once a year, uh, at most. So wasn't involved in my life. Um, luckily, you know, my grandparents and my, my grandfather actually took kind of the role as my dad, um, and, you know, coached me and all that. So, um, yeah, I grew up there. When I was 19, uh, got a chance to, um, and by the way, growing up, <clears throat> for those of you listening that maybe, you know, we, we all go through some challenges as kids, right? Mm -hmm. We all have like our own, like for me, mine was, uh, you know, had some, you know, grew up very poor financially, but love family. So me, not there, um, you know, hated school, um, had massive ADD, thus, why I hated school. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, I just wanted to go out and recess, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. So had, you know, growing up poor, no dad in the picture, uh, had some of you had, um, you know, had ADD, didn't like school. So, ha you know, maybe those of you listening didn't have the same exact things that, that I had, but we've all been through some messed up, you know, crap in life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like coming from that, you know, I was fortunate to, be athletic. Uh, I got a chance to, uh, San Francisco Giants drafted me with their sixth pick or sixth round pick in 90, in 1991, fifth pick, but their sixth round in 91 out of junior college. And, um, yeah, got a chance to, you know, go and play some pro ball and at had a, uh, it was just coming the ladder, you know, going through the minor leagues and had a son unplanned in 96. He was born not having a dad in my life. I always said, when I have a kid, I'm going to be there, right? Because mm -hmm. my dad wasn't. So he was born, had some breathing issues. I was really torn, man. I was like just, a, you know, mid-20s, this happens. You know, I'm just trying to get to that big goal of getting to the big leagues to retire mom, right? Right. And uh, chasing that my whole life and, and just scratching to get there, and this happens. So it was a real fork in the road, but – 
I uh, decided I was really torn, but I knew that I had to be there for my son. So I decided I was going to take a year off from ball, make sure he was okay, make sure he was safe, and never went back to baseball, ended up raising him his whole life. Now he's 24, has his own uh, sneaker business and hip-hop artist, and and then I was blessed to meet my wife and uh, have a blended family. So she has a son that's 20, Cade, and a daughter that I'm very close with. I call her my daughter, um, Presley, that actually works for my company uh, now, and she's 25. So they, uh, so two stepkids legally uh, that are 20 and 25, and then my biological son that is uh, t- 24 now. All right, so a lot to unpack there. Obviously, um, you know, I, I like that you kind of touched on uh, your past with your with your own father. And, you know, that's the, kind of the reason why I do this show. Uh, I mean, my, my parents are still married today and, and still um, still around. Uh, but, you know, growing up, um, my parents weren't super active or involved in my life. I mean, I can count on one hand how many sporting events they actually came to to watch me play. And I started sure. a lot of sports in high school and stuff and, and, and even through elementary school. I mean, it, I used to ride to practices and games with my friends' parents because my parents just either didn't go or, or couldn't go. Um, so I had, I was kind of like you, DJ, I, I, I had vowed that I never would be that way when I had kids and, um, and I haven't been, um, so that's, uh, that's good. Now your son's 24, um, kind of, um, he's kind of off doing his own thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, uh, he's got a children the ropes in real estate. Um, he stacked up some dough doing that and then invested that money into, he's always loved sneakers. Right, hmm. like a, a Air Jordans, the Yeezys, all that. So he's always like he got suspended as a junior in high school for selling sneakers out in the parking lot. <laughs> right? like, he's a, he uh, he kind of followed dad with the entrepreneur spirit, and and no, he didn't get in trouble. You know, obviously for me, ultimately, uh, yeah, he started his own uh, sneaker resale business. Um, so he's doing that, um, doing well, self sufficient, um, and just. Um, you know, figuring, I think like all kids, uh, like figuring out his, his path and do, doing, I love that he is doing something that he actually loves. He loves the thinker business. He loves music, just came out with his first, with his first hit and, and music video. So he just, he, he's doing, uh, I'm really, really thankful that he's really, following the path and doing something that he truly loves, which is, mm. you know, the sneaker business, buying and selling uh, and reselling sneakers, and which is a hot business right now. Right. Um, and then also, you know, uh, the music stuff. So that's awesome. It's good. You, you, obviously, you want to encourage that passion, you know, you want to encourage them to kind of kind of find their way. And whether it was in now, did you get, are you kind of bummed that he didn't kind of go the real estate route or you're, I mean, you seem pretty happy that he's, he's content in finding what his passion is and doing what he loves. I, I really am, man. Like I've, I've come to realize as I've uh, evolved a little, you know, uh, I'm only 49, but I mean, as, I, as I've evolved and matured, I think, you know, when he was younger, it was more like, come on, man, we got to get the T work in. Let's go. Stop being right. lazy, you know, <laughs> like right. the typical the typical dad coach. But um, but you know, as as I you know, we, our relationship has has grown and matured. And I mean, I raised him his whole life, coached him in all his sports up to was you know sixteen, seventeen, and uh, but and, and so that was awesome, uh, and and a privilege. But I think now you know, our relationship has really matured to, 
you know, where he'll call me and, you know, we talk pretty much daily um, just to say I love you, you know, what's going on, how you doing. Um, so we're in touch. He's up in Portland, Oregon now. But I, I, I think that, you know, it's kind of like my mom smoked. And I always said, like, man, I will never, because I hate cigarette smoke. Right. I'd wake up, covers over my head. I don't even know if she was my hero working multiple jobs, raising my brother and I on her own. She was like superwoman. But I always said I would never smoke, right? So I think that a lot of times as, as kids, we grow up, and, I, and you see this, like someone grows up with an alcoholic dad. Either they become that themselves or they completely are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I'm never right. drinking, never touching it because I saw what it did. So it, it's it, as parents, um, I think that the kids seem, you know, are obviously easily influenced. And they become a, a product of what they see, not necessarily what we tell them. Right. Um, and and that's something that I think we should all be aware of. Uh, I didn't really understand that as much when they were young and and things. But um, you know, I'm just thankful that he's finding his own path and, and doing something that he loves. And I can just be that. I can be dad, you know, mm-hmm. and and just really um, encourage him and and uh, be here for him and help him set up his little LLCs and his, you know, his leases and stuff like that, you know, so it's cool. That's awesome. Now, your relationship with your um, stepkids, now, at what age were they when you came into their life? So Presley, who's my daughter, uh, is, uh, she was 10. So I, my son was nine, uh, she was 10, and then her brother was like five, Cade. So he okay. lives with his dad uh, up in Washington, but raising them, um, we had them, you know, growing up pretty much like full time, all of them. Uh, my mm. son went through a period of six years. He didn't see his biological mom. She had some, some, which she's, she's doing awesome now and everything that had some, some issues with, 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 uh, drugs and, and alcohol and stuff. And that uh, she battled her whole life. So there was a lot of periods and stretches where he didn't see her. Now he's he obviously form, has a, a great relationship with her, which I'm super sure. thankful for. And she's been healthy for quite a few years. Um, but, yeah, the whole blended family thing, man, that's a, that's a whole nother convo. <laughs> you know, walking that line and raising yeah. kids that biologically aren't yours and um, and things like that. But, you know, I'm just – I'm thankful that I've had – you know, I, I, I got to – I look at it like she's a great kid, like absolute rock star, Presley is. So I'm glad – like I got to have a daughter without having a daughter. Right. Mm, And so and I think, too, you you know, buddy, a lot of times the things that we feel that we look at back that we think are curses end up in the future. You're able to look back and really see, like, why something happened or when it came into your life. They actually end up being like huge blessings in our life. Right. And um, right. And so that like the curse that we thought was the curse unless we continue continuously replay the negative and become the victim and all that. But if you choose to be the victor, you can look back and go, man, those things happen in perfect timing. It was such a blessing uh, that this person came into my life. You know, I just try to try to hold on to that. Yeah, no, that's great. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I've talked about that a lot on my show and, and even in my, in my, Social media, it's, you know, some of the things that we look back on, we have to accept them as, as not as curses, but as lessons. And sometimes, sometimes it's a struggle for our kids to re- recognize that. 
it's our job as parents to help them recognize that. So, uh, yeah, that's absolutely. Great. That's great. So you have a great relationship with your stepkids. I, I have, I've had dads on my show that, that only have stepkids, um, that aren't biological fathers at all. I've actually had dads on my show that are just, just stepdad. And, uh, it, it's cool to hear the bonds that, that even stepdads have with their stepchildren. There, there really are, uh, kind of a part of you. So that's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you, you, I'm sure know statistics. I, I, I don't like I could guess, but you know, um, I heard Grant uh, Cardone, who's a buddy of mine, talk, um, talking one time about statistics on people that grow up without a dad, mm-hmm. like how much more likely they are to end up in jail, to not graduate, to then to drugs and alcohol, to be, you know, have a, a life of violence, like all of these things. And I was like, I had no idea, man. I was like, mm-hmm. holy moly. Right. Um, it's, it's, I, I was, I was actually, when I heard these statistics that he was rattling off, um, just like blown away. I, I had no idea the effect of, uh, kids, you know, not having that, um, uh, male role model in their life. Yep. Yep. And there's, there's a lot of different, uh, different ways that they can go. What, what roads, I should say roads they can go down, uh, without even having, uh, just the father figure in life. Um, and the crazy thing is a lot of it, a lot of those bad roads that may go down, that they may go down, you'd be surprised at how often they are directly linked to the fact that the kids didn't have a father in their life. Yeah. Um, now let me ask you this. You know, yeah, kind of. You're 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 a successful businessman. You've you've done a lot with your with your business uh, life. What have you? What lessons have you tried to teach your kids about success? That's a great question, man. I I feel like you know, obviously, like work ethic. Um, they, they saw that with, with my, my wife and I, cause she had a business for many years where they just saw us, um, uh, you know, go like consistency. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, um, I think the things more than, than what I was conscious that we were teaching them, but what they saw, uh, right. was consistency, um, outward, you know, being the first one to the office, last one to leave, um, working hard, uh, you know, and, just the the things that talent won't get won't give you right. you know uh mindset obviously massive and you know i always told my son a story of one of one of my uh best friends were like brothers that i played pro ball with coming up through the minor leagues marvin bernard had a great major league career played in field for the giants for years and i i told i used to because he you know he knows marv real well and i said i said listen man the people that like marvin not the most talented last round pick. Like if they had one more, one less round in the draft, he's like mm-hmm. 50 some rounds. He wouldn't have got drafted. Right. <laughs> so like last round, like hanging by a thread, got it. And he, the story is, is truly like I was there in single A when he got called in Jack Moe's office and he's like, mm-hmm. Hey, I got to let an outfielder go. You're hitting a buck nine. And then Papo Ramos is hitting three fifty, but I'm, we're going to let Papo go. Cause I believe in you. Like oh, that wow. right there could have been the end like it right. like he he would have ne- no one would have picked him up because you right. know he barely, barely got drafted so so you look at stuff but i told him right all grown up it's not the most talented that wins it's the guys that believe that they're better than they are so they tap inside of themselves a higher level of potential or i should say their highest level of potential and mm-hmm. they play and perform at a level that is so superior to their talent 
because uh, because they believe that they're so much better than they maybe they are that they just they they pull that out of themselves and they set the high bar and they live up to it. So I think that you know showing them that hey talent it, it doesn't win, but attitude and mindset and and showing up and treating people good. Our kids, my wife and I, we would go on Christmas and give them all a hundred dollars and five dollar bills. And they would get to go give them out to people on the street and do it every year, like clockwork. And, awesome. um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, they, they got to see, I'm a big giver. And so I think they, they got to see me do a lot for other people and give to other people and constantly help other people. And my son has formed that same way. Like they had this clothing drive the other day and, and had a bunch of shoes that they had that they ended up giving away, you know, going down and giving away to homeless. So he's really, I see, I see that he's really adopted that by things that, things that we did. Um, so like for parents, I, I just think like looking back, they're going to adapt to what we do with them and what they see, not what we tell them. Especially in their in their mid teens, they they know right. everything, right? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, no, you're right. Um, attitude is everything, and uh, consistency is everything. I mean, uh, for my boys, you know, they they grew up playing sports, and I coached just about every single one of the teams that they were on. Um, from the age of four all the way through high school. As a matter of fact, I'm still the high school varsity basketball coach at my son's high school, and he's not even there anymore. He's nice. gone to college, so I like it so much. But, uh, um, you know, it's one thing that I told my boys, attitude and consistency will show everything to a coach. Um, yeah. So it, 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 implies, it applies not only in, in sports, but also in, in business and to their own parents. So your attitude with your own parents, your attitude and your consistency – uh, to your own parents shows a lot. Uh, so those are huge. I'm glad you touched on those uh, because there's not a lot of kids that understand that and there's not a lot of parents that are teaching it. So it's it's super powerful. And we hear it in business today, right? I mean, you're you're, you're talking on stage to, to thousands of people and you're probably talking about consistency and attitude. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, people talk about mindset, but people don't, they can't, when you say, oh, you got to have the right mindset, but they, they don't ever really dive in to, mm-hmm. well, how do I do that, right? right? Like, how, like, what does that mean? And so they don't really um, – the thing that I've learned is people connect, people connect with us through our messes, not necessarily our successes. Right. So I feel like that ultimately, kind of like what, what you said, the consistency, right, um, the things that – um, my first mentor uh, took me in out of baseball. I was lost, trying to work in a job. Guy started his, uh, his name's Chuck Roberts, started a company in Portland, Oregon, his first company. Within a year and a half, built it into a multi-dollar company. I was his only sales rep for the first 10 months. Only oh, wow. I was selling 40, 50 in-home security deals. He was the number one salesperson in the nation for home security. Started his first company, liked me. I was telemarketing then for that company. Pulled me in, really liked me, and said, hey, man, would you like to sell, make a lot more money, and I'll teach you everything. And what he taught me, I mean, dude, we would have sales meetings at 6 in the morning, and if one of the – as the sales team grow, grew, right. if, if, or if I was late, we'd have a meeting at 9. If I was late, cancel. Hit your appointments, be here at 8 the next day. And I mean, like, five wow. seconds, right? 
So, and then when you have a sales team, right, is I, that got to be hilarious. I remember literally we had a meeting at three in the morning. My wife's like, this guy is nuts. What's wrong with him? Right? <laughs> well, hey, man, if somebody's late, cancel and show up tomorrow an hour earlier until people can wow. get here on time. So, but he taught me that, you know, talent isn't going to win, that it all is going to come down to, yeah, your your consistency and your willingness to to be coachable, right? That's mm-hmm. huge. Um, you, you have to have to be willing to be coachable and willing to uh, want to continue to get better. And it's something that even nowadays I do every day. If someone says, "Hey, man, you're you're crushing it. You're doing great," I say, "Man, you know what? I'm just getting started. Wait till you see what I do in the next year." And mm. I always consciously keep that at the forefront of my mind because I never, ever, ever want to feel like I've arrived because I feel like I've hit periods throughout my life where, you know, you you do and you feel like, I don't want to say coast because I'm a hard worker, but maybe not work as, as hard as, as I should be or as focused. Mm-hmm. And so I always want to keep that mentality even at 49, like, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm blessed to have done what I've done, but you know what? Like, I'm just really getting started. And I want to continue to build that in myself so that I'm, I remain humble and I remain coachable in myself. And I'm always seeking out to learn and, and knowledge. So I think even kids, you know, it, that's an, important for them to realize is, hey, the talent, you see it on the basketball court. Right. In high school, talent wins. You go right. past high school, talent won't, won't carry you. Um, it's not going to carry you in D1. It, it may be carry you through college, but if you're not strong mentally, especially in a sport like baseball where you strike out four times, sorry, man, you're playing the next day. Like every single day. You suck. No. Hey, you're, you ain't got a day off. <laughs> you know, right. Whatever, right. you know. Right. Like that's what right. they told us. And yeah. we grew up in that era where it was like, um, I don't, you know, throw some dirt. Like I literally remember <laughs> – like sliding on the hard dirt. Dude, kids have no idea the kind of fields we played on, right, growing up. Right. Like just concrete, sliding, getting my, my side torn up, those raspberries, and literally, no joke, like this is like 10, 11 years old, literally going in the dugout and rubbing dirt in it, right? right? Because you, like that's what they said, oh, just rub some dirt. Like literally, like, I was like, okay, well, I'll rub some dirt on it. And I'd go home, right, and a day later it'd be all swollen and red and infected yeah. and my mom's like what happened i'm like i rubbed some dirt on it like that's what my coach said <laughs> you know yeah man great memories yeah um you know obviously attitude coachability um i mean just showing up at being being consistent is, is very 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 true for our kids Oh, that's great. Those are great stories, great memories for sure. You know, if I were to ask you, what's the single most important thing you've learned from your mom? Now, you said your dad wasn't really in the picture. You maybe saw him once or so a year. Um, but what do you think you, what was the most important thing you learned from your mom, and how has that impacted you as a father? Man, I learned from my mom work ethic. Um, you know, raising my brother and I um, on our own, no help from, you know, my dad. I mean, help from my grandparents, which was great, but no help at all from my dad. I learned uh, that that's where I learned and I saw, right? I talked about, like, mm-hmm. we, we don't really listen to what the parents say, but we notice what they do. And right. so I saw my mom work 
all day long. And I didn't really understand it till I got a little older. But I think the work ethic of just doing what needs to be done um, to get to your goals or to take care of your family, that's what I that, – that was one of the, the best things I learned from my mom. I learned three things. Work ethic, working, you know, all day long, eight hours, and then going and serving at a bar at night to raise my brother and I. So two jobs are – right? So I learned work ethic. I learned she was a very loving and caring person, always putting other people first. So I got that from her, why I love helping people so much. And then the one thing that I learned that I I take away from her life, so she retired uh, April 1st, 2010, heart attack dead April 30th, not even a month, at only 62. And and so, you know, I remember that day getting the call and we drove down to Portland, and but it was like... The th- the one thing a thing that I learned it's kind of like um, I remember telling my brother that day I go that ain't gonna be me right like I am not going to I- I'm gonna take do I want to live to be a hundred I want to yeah. too much I I want to do on this one shot here on earth even though I believe in eternity uh, I-, I I there's too much that I want to do and mm-hmm. so um, that is not gonna be me and so it taught me how to take better better care, to, to be more conscious and aware of mm-hmm. stress in my life and how to cope and deal with that, uh, how to, like, start my morning with, with happiness and smile and positive energy and then try to carry that through the day no matter what. That's something that I, I've implemented. So just things that I'm conscious of to say, hey, I don't want to not, you, you know, she smoked and that kind of stuff, but – the, I took from her something that was real valuable. Like, I, I don't want that to be me. I don't want my life cut right. short because I, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't eat good. I wasn't aware of, of how I was living. And I didn't get to see my grandkids grow, you know, basically. I mean, she did to a certain point, but, you know, she missed. Uh, so, so to me, I looked at that and said, hey, these are the things that I love. I mean, she was like a superwoman. She was like my brother and I, you know, hero. But at the same time, I was able to take something away that I learned from her that I didn't want to repeat as well. No, that's good. And um, all those are important. And I, I want to say that probably health is the most important for dads anyways, because, you know, there's there's a lot of dads that don't take care of themselves. And you know, if you're not if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to be able to be there for your kids? And not only that, but I've had I've had um, nutritionists on my show, I've had chefs on my show, and um, one of the things they talk about is you know eating right, eating healthy. You're you're, you're showing your kids how to live. Totally. You know, my yeah. my my daughter, you know, my wife every morning uh, workout every morning like clockwork, like her whole life. Drink, got her down in the water, worked out. She's done four shows uh, when she was younger, um, you know, bodybuilding and, and fitness. And mm-hmm. and Presley has seen that every day, working out, every day, working out. Guess what she does now? Yep. Every day, gets her workout in, conscious of what she eats, aware of what she's eating. <laughs> and, you know, they're obviously super close, inseparable, and I love them both to pieces. But, again, she saw that with my mm-hmm. wife. And had she not... She wasn't, you know, blessed naturally skinny. Um, she carried a little bit of weight when she was, you know, younger. But she has it's just it's just beautiful, and not just person, but she's healthier inside because of how she's how she's living. 
getting those workouts in and being consistent with that and understanding that that's something that is important. So, you know, had she not had that, I mean, who knows what happened. So, yeah, super important. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, cool. Listen, DJ, if my listeners wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, um, where can they do that? Where can they find you? And then also, um, what do you have coming up that you're looking forward to that you want to share with everybody? Yeah, I think that the easiest place to find me is on social media, uh, on Instagram. Uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook uh, at DJ T-H-I-E-L-E-N, my name. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So really any of those social platforms, uh, my Instagram is D period J period T H I E L E N. And if people look me up on there, the easiest way to get in touch if they're on my Instagram is they can click the tech button and literally text myself. So if someone wanted to get in touch with me, um, that is by far the easiest way um, to touch base with me. And then really like what I'm passionate about is not just the investors that we work with and, and all of that, but you know, I have my academy, um, my real estate investing academy, where we take people in and we mentor and coach and guide them and help them to not just do deals and flip deals and all that, but to build their own real estate portfolio and create their own wealth and create their own residual income and without using their money. We, we teach them exactly what we've done. And so what I've been able to do now, I'm able to go and teach. And I've had that for a few years now. And that's really my passion is being able to help people not just do a deal, but to really transform and to really understand, like, the same things we've talked about. Hey, this is how you're going to win. And, um, yeah, and that's really what I love is not just seeing them do a deal and make five or 10 or 20 grand. I mean, that's cool, but it's really like seeing the, the transformation that if they follow what we do and, and take our coaching and mentorship, how, you know, the transformation of them. So our real estate academy um, is flipping on demand. Uh, people go to flippingondemand.com. And then our main website is just simple, djthelinlive.com. So people can there to check me out. Um, they can get in touch with us through there as well. And um, anyone that is out there that, Anything to do in real estate, whether they're investing, uh, we can get them into deals for as low as 15 to 20 grand. Um, we can get them going in their investments and getting them some good returns. So anyone that's looking to either invest in real estate, get some guidance, mentorship on wholesaling or flipping or any of that. Yeah, I mean, we, that, that's our, that's our specialty and we'd love to, we'd love to help anyone that's looking to do that. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, um, DJ, it's, it's just been, it's been awesome talking with you. I'm glad we got to know each other a little bit. Um, I'm certainly glad you came on and, and shared a little bit about your past and your history and then also uh, about your dad experience. So um, I thank you again for coming on the show with me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Anytime, hit me up. I'm more than happy to come on anytime. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Data. Up.